It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On 558 AM, online, on your smart speaker, and on digital radio, this is Love Sport. They dare to do, and the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs Fans Show on Love Sport with seven of the best for your chance to win a million pounds. Good evening. It's Love Sport Radio. Three minutes past seven across the capital. My name's Aaron Paul. Joining me um, for two hours of Spurs chat this evening are the chat from Last Word on Spurs. You've got Ricky, you've got Jace, and the new site. Ricky, do you want to just do a bit of a, a new intro, you know, like a manager would do in a press conference introducing your, your new signing to the Love Sport team? <laughs> it would be unfair to say Lee's a new signing because he's been with the existing panel for, what, a good... Lee, what, about a year and a half? About, yeah, probably about 18 yeah. months now. Victor, but it's only right to bring him into the studio because he is one of our own he's one of us I'm delighted to have Lee here you brought him home I brought him home Brought him home, mate. It's fantastic. Good to be evening, here. Lee you. McQueen. How you doing, Aaron? You alright? I'm I'm good, pal. Ten years on from your TV debut. Ten years on, mate. Is this your pro- like proper proper radio debut? Proper proper radio debut. Yeah, I've done a couple of BBCs, but this is proper radio. This is proper radio, yeah. mate. This is what it's, this is grassroots. Radio. This is where it's all. This is where it's about, mate. It's, it's all like by the fans for the fans. We are Love Sport. Another interesting week um, in uh, in in Tottenham eyes, if you like. Um, who do I go to with this first point? Gents, frustration with the board. Look, you're not the uh, yeah, good one. Pointing at pointing at Jace, I can see that vein just appearing uh, somewhat. But 
you're not the only club as well. That's the worst thing about it. You're not the only club who who are are sitting here going a board or a joke. You know the opponents uh, you're going to be facing on Saturday, Newcastle United. I've got major issues with Mike Ashley. Major issues with with uh, that club's board. Um, what's different? I think the the worrying thing from us, if we go back a few years ago to that the season we chased Leicester, if you like, it was totally new for us. I think most supporters at the start of the season would have settled for that. It was the first time a lot of them had had ever been in a a title challenge. And everybody off the pitch as a fan base was, was really united. And then even perhaps the, the second season when, when we kind of chased Chelsea, although we never quite got in touch with them. But again, there was that feeling of, yep, the club's going forward. But, but since then, and, and certainly over this summer, you've now got a, a massive split between... And it, it's, it's not 50-50, but there's a huge split between Spurs fans who are, are demanding so many things, and then you've got the, the happy clappers like me who think, do you know what, things aren't that bad, and we, we're going along slowly. But the, the abuse between both factions, I think it reached a, an ugly head on, on Saturday when, when Mickey Hazard, an absolute Spurs legend and a, a player that's won three of the trophies that people crave us to win, is then suffering abuse on Twitter because he, he speaks from his mind. And whether, he's in, whether he still works with a club... He, he gives an honest opinion. He gives so much time for supporters. And to see somebody like that abused was, was really distasteful. I mean, from my perspective, Jace knows my views on this current transfer window. I don't think it's been good enough. But at the same time, you know, I have to probably say I'll reserve my judgment until Thursday evening. I think everyone's got their right to be frustrated at the lack of transfer activity so far when it comes to Spurs. Me, beyond anyone else, I'm, I'm absolutely stunned that we're sitting here Tuesday evening, two days away from the end of the transfer window, and we haven't made a single summer Rick, signing. Rick, we said no word of that transfers, right? No transfer okay. words. All right, but we have to bring players in that we feel can improve the squad. As I said on the previous show, I don't want to keep sounding like a broken record, and Lee's going to be saying in a second. I just feel towards the end of last season, you could see, looking at this Spurs squad, there was a real need for some investment that takes Spurs on to the next level. My concern is you look at the teams around us. They seem to all be strengthening. Okay, Arsenal are buying what you may be class as second-rate players, and we just seem to be standing still at the moment. And the fact of the matter is, if Spurs want to be changing the likes of Manchester City for this Premier League coming up, we're going to have to bring in quality players in these next couple of days. And personally, I just can't see it now. I think, I think I understand the frustration. We're a we're a Champions League club for the third year. We were, we were sold the, the stadium would be the game changer. The revenue stream isn't fully in the stadium, but it started to go with the, with the huge season ticket. So I understand the frustration. I've said all along that that window at the moment is not good enough. But the, the reaction of, of Spurs fans, it's, 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 it's as embarrassing as Arsenal fan TV was. And that's, that's the state you don't want to get into because you've seen it at other clubs, at the West Hams. Once you get that fraction base and you get supporters within a stadium concentrating on arguing with each other, then that's when you, you start to, to see the negative side creep through. Lee, naturally, after that defeat to Girona, I mean, surprise defeat to Girona. Let's mm. be, I, I didn't really see it coming. I thought Spurs would... It's a virtual but, side, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I know, but still, you'd expect them to go and uh, and get the job done. Naturally, you know, Twitter and social media, and we, we talk a lot about social media now, and, and the positives of it, but also the downsides to it, it's a real negative place sometimes. Yeah. And, and it 
showed that with Spurs Twitter, if you like, uh, uh, the other night. It, it did. Look, I think uh, you know my, my views are slightly different on the on the frustration with the board side of things. Is the fact that they're having to do so much, and I'm going to get loads of happy clapper stuff, but based on what I'm saying here now. But the, my frustration is that, that we haven't tied um, our current squad into long-term contracts. You know, there's still people like people talk about the certain players might be leaving, might be going, might be staying, whatever. Jan Vertonghen is our best player last year and he hasn't been signed up to a long-term contract yet. That, for me, is more of a more of an issue. Um, than Ericsson as well, Lee. Ericsson. Than, yeah, Ericsson as well. Like, you can you can roll a few of them off. Deli Ali hasn't had a long-term uh, term contract in front of him. So you would have thought, my frustration is more so if we're not going to do huge amounts in the transfer market and early which we never do or, or, or seldom do then ultimately uh, you know balance that out with some good news of drip feeding through long term contracts with players I mean Ericsson has been back with a squad now since the World Cup for, for long enough to sign a long term deal um, and that that would be my frustration on the, on the Twitter point um I think now we're governed by kind of social media or, or, or unsocial media, as it, as it might turn out to be. Uh, the, the reality of the situation is, is a minority. You know, we're, we're going into a world-class stadium with world-class training facilities, world-class manager, world-class players scattered into the squad. We are close with, with, with a couple of players, as, as, as Rick said and Jason said on previous shows. But this is a time to be, this is This is it. Listeners, let me tell you, this is it. We haven't seen a trophy at our club since, what, 2008? This is the time to be amazing. We're in the Champions League for the third year round. What gives us the right, the, the third lowest spending club in the Premier League, what gives us the right to be finishing top four, top three, top two, and challenging for the title? You know, we don't go and spend the money. So the reality of where I'm coming from is that we should be Okay, call me a happy clap. I'm with Jason, but the reality is we should be we should be very very proud of our football club because where we are now is a far far cry from what I've seen growing up, which has been absolute toss. But isn't it a case of maintaining ambition as well? You know, you're you're seeing um, progression from the board. You're seeing progression from Daniel Levy. You know, this new stadium project going into the Champions League, bringing in you know the top end of players nurturing top end players like the likes of Harry Kane surely the upward trajectory has to continue and you can't plateau now no I agree but look at the other things that things uh, that um, that have been gone behind the scenes we've broken our wage structure this year like no one's talking about that on Twitter anymore I, you know that is a massive massive step forward in our club to tie Harry Kane to a six year contract on 200 grand a week like for me that is that is massive so I am frustrated with the board but ultimately you know it's not just about signings no like, it is not just about signings and, uh, give me powers if you want at Lee McQueen on Twitter Give me pelters if you want, but do it. You do it. But the reality is that it's not just about signings. You know, we could go, we could go and sign somebody for 40, 50, 60 million quid and still finish fourth. Watch I, Liverpool do the same thing after spending 300 million this year. I think what Lee's point is, I, I totally agree with him, but I think the only real, again, sticking point with Spurs fans is the reason why there's frustration is because, like Lee says, we know now we are so, so close. And it seems that when Spurs get on the brink, of looking like they're going to achieve something, this ball don't seem to go the full way and push us on. And again, this summer was about seeing where this ball was going to take us. Was it about just building a new stadium or was it about building that stadium and going the next step further and bringing in those couple of quality additions that would push Spurs to the but, title? But Rick, can we can we like, just point out there to everybody listening, can we wait another year for that? We've waited already 19 years or, or 50 odd years to win the title. Can we wait one more well, year? Potch wait. Can we? these players wait, Lee? That's my only... Five-year contract, Rick. He's, he's prepared Contracts to. mean nothing, though, these well, days, Lee. But he's, he's tied in. If Daniel Levy wants him to stay, he'll stay. 
I'm not sure. He's got to be behind the vision, surely. I think right now, up until right now, and and again, you know, we're talking, um, we're talking with, with no real 100% with no surety of, of, of what's going to happen on Thursday. But up until now, I personally feel that, that you know, Pochettino has been operating with a long-term clear vision of where the club is going, what they're doing, what they're building to. And, and maybe, just maybe, this is going to be the point where he's like, yeah, can, maybe. Can, so, sorry to, to, um, to, to keep going, but can, can I just throw this out there? What, what happens if the, the, the statement that Pochettino made at the end of last season about being brave was about being brave with more of our youngsters? What, what, just throwing it out there, what happens if he was saying, let's be brave, let's bring these youngsters in, let's change the way it is. It is. Yes, it's about money and football's about money, but we've already proved that we can... We can Challenge for the title to a certain degree and, and get into the top four on a limited budget. When was the last time Potocino had a massive budget at any club he's ever managed? How do we know that he's not being brave by giving the Amoses and the Skips an opportunity? You know, we've never been a club that we're going to spend 70, 80 million on a, tra- on a, on a transfer. I think progressively throughout his career, obviously when he went to Southampton, he broke their transfer record, brought in Daniel Osvaldo. Obviously, it didn't work for him, but you know he there still had, he didn't still, work for him, did it? It didn't work for him. I mean, to be fair, I think that was more to do with the fact that Daniel Osvaldo was too olive short of the pizza. <laughs> maybe, you know, may, I th- maybe. I think but, he retired yeah, at like twenty five or something that's just like that. Proved my point. You know, retired at twenty five could really do a man bun well. That man as well, really, really wore it well. But. Um, <laughs> You know, he, he got the opportunity to spend money, Pochettino. We want to hear from you this evening. So, 208 70 20 558. Cos uh, from North London. Cos, we know you're waiting. We'll be with you right after a quick break. Love sport. Love sport. 0208 70 20 558. That is the number to dial this evening if you want to have your say on Spurs. You can have the first word. We'll have the last one. Don't worry about it. Um, Cos, you're calling in from North London. Cos, talk to us, pal. How you doing, mate? Yeah. Hi, guys. Again, on course. Very well, course. thanks, pal. Yeah, all good. So, basically, I think we've probably been through this already today. I haven't been listening to the start of the show, but it's just regarding what actually Potts meant <laughs> at the back end of the last season, as in, so we need to kick on, we need to be brave, and so on. I know you guys were just, I just caught the last bit, you guys were saying how that might have been just regarding the youth and so on, but surely he must have met that regarding the, in the transfer market. Surely those links with Real Madrid got kind of rebuffed by him because Levy promised him something, some kind of tools, no? That's what I thought, Cos. I've got to be honest with you. When those comments came out against Leicester, uh, the last game of the season, post-match press conference, I honestly believe that was going to be a case where Spurs were looking to change their transfer structure. We're going to try and bring the players in early. As the manager has said on numerous occasions before in different interviews where he would like to have had the players in early to work with them, give them a full pre-season, where then he then felt the players were good enough to adapt to his methods and they could kick-start the season running. But we're sitting here with two days to go. And it's not going to be the case as such. So I'm as baffled as you, because I've got to be honest with you, I'm as baffled as you. For sure. So this is what I'm just trying to say, guys. And obviously, as you're all on Twitter and I follow most of you and some of you answer me back and so on, whatever, everyone's kind of exploding, everyone's going crazy. But they have a right to, because we don't know what's going on. Don't get me wrong. We can't go and buy Martial for 70 million and go and buy Kovacic and the Real Madrid player for 70. We're not going to do that. We know we're not going to do that. But also... You have to construct your business much quicker. What have they been? The question is that everyone asks is, what have they been doing for, for three months? What's going on? What, where's Janssen going to end up? He's not going to play for us. Josh Onomar, he's not going to play for us. Um, Carter Vickers, he won't play for us. 
and Tudor's not going to play for us. What's going on? There's two the, days left. The, Why the, not ship him out and make room? The raid that ground's going up, I'd imagine Daniel Levy's got had his hard hat on and been plastering. <laughs> you know? That's what I mean. But I want to know what what they've been doing for three months. It's interesting you say that, Cos, about uh, them players. In fact, that you named uh, myself and Rick and and Jace a uh, lot back in the last season. We went through the people that you would essentially kind of ship out of the club, and all of them people that you've just named were were on our, I think, on our unanimous course, list. Yeah. So uh, again, you know, frustration wise, you may a really good point that is very frustrating that if we're going to have to ship people out before we bring people in why haven't we shipped them out you know is it a case of their contracts are too good at Spurs you know for Janssen for example is it a case of that no one actually wants them or I can't, I can't believe and it, I just can't believe that when we're sitting on our hands and not doing anything we must be working hard to 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 get a resolution of that I think I think maybe part of why they're still there I think you know you're right we all know that they're not good enough we probably, you can see by the amount of times Pochettino's picked them that he probably knows it. But I think possibly, possibly one of the reasons is with our window shutting before Europe, those European clubs are just sitting there just waiting for the English window to shut, know that you've got them stuck, and then they can come in and, and, and get them much cheaper than they would do if they were trying to bid for them now. I think that's, yeah, that's that may be big, a reason, yeah. or there may be an element of that. I mean, if you're a Spanish club, you know Tottenham want to get rid of Lorente. By, by the time, you know, Thursday, five o'clock comes, no English club have bought him. You can come in with a bid at, at half of what Tottenham want for Lorente and think, there you go. Now, now you've got a big problem. And, and maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why we can't get rid of some of those. But obviously with somebody like Josh Onomar, it's but I think even the championship window stays open longer, doesn't it? So even maybe if a championship, I think... Doesn't it all close... As championship one closes then all closed transfer I'm sure transfer window shuts entirely for all clubs on on I thought championship could go yeah, longer yeah I think I think in England they all shut at the right. same time but obviously abroad they're open for longer yeah I do understand that and I can see those plays because guys they won't even get minutes in the Carabao Cup I don't even think on Kudu and Janssen obviously he's not even he's even training he's even turned up to train he's <laughs> even, even there what's he doing he's watching he's doing that medical sweep because he's still in that medical yeah, suite. Yeah, he's, he's doing something, but it's just, it's so frustrating. Listen, I'm I'm not here to spout, oh, Levy should do this and we should do this and we should go and buy all these top players because I know it's not going to happen. It's not in our DNA to do that. But just construct your business. Don't leave it to the last day. And I can see what's happening. And I'm sure if I go around you three, you four, you'll tell me what's going to happen. I think we're going to sell Toby to United. 100% done deal. 50 to 60 million. And maybe, maybe we'll just get Grealish over the line. And what's everyone going to think about that? What happens, Cos, if we get Grealish over the line, Martial over the line and swap deal with Toba on the deadline day, to, like 10 minutes to five? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. You know that. what I mean? I'll are we, we going to take that? No, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. To be honest with you, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'll take that all day. But I can just see maybe Grealish. I would say Grealish probably good chance. Toby's definitely going to go to United. I can't him staying he's been wanting out since last year apparently mm. and he's going to take the money and we're going to end up with a net spend I know it doesn't matter but a net spend of what minus again minus 30 million 20 million 
Yeah. But does the cost and cutting never- concern you though? Cause I mean, going long term, not just this season, but long term. Yeah, you know, you've been, but you've, you've been like, look, let's 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 take a back yeah. seat on this. This time yeah. last year, West Ham United fans were sitting there going, "We moved into this new ground. You know, we're we're paying next to nothing. The board have turned around and said they're going to spend money X, Y, Z, and nothing happened. A season on though, they've actually recouped a lot of the money. Obviously, you know, from the stadium, they've got the revenues up. You know, they're operating on different budgets now. Are you? willing to give Levy well I don't think you've got a choice in terms of that but are are you personally thinking yes you've got to give Levy that time so that for next season we are firing in the next transfer window next I hope you're running next season we're going to have the same conversation the same conversation we're having two years ago and we've been having the same conversation practically I think I just think we're all so frustrated as as Jace was saying the other day I think on this show I want to win the league and then die. I'll be all right. <laughs> Don't me, die too soon, Cos, please, mate. Wait, I'm being serious. Just give me one season of being Premier League champion. Listen, I think we all feel kind of the same way. We want success on the pitch. And I'm, that's all we want. And that's all we crave, basically. But we're so close. We've got the best manager we can possibly dream of having. Just give him a couple of tools. And we could win the league. We are one of the best teams. And that's why I think we're all angry and frustrated. If this was Spurs... Ten years ago, we wouldn't really give a give a monkeys, really, would we? Cos, great call, pal. Thank you very much for joining us. Be like Cos. Get involved with us on uh, on the phones. 0208 70 uh, Talk to us about Levy. Talk to us about this new stadium, about budgets. Talk to us about what you want to talk to us about. If you've got relationship problems, well, I'm sure Lee would I'd be happy to help out with yeah, that absolutely yeah there you go uh, if that's no. your kind of thing we're here for you 0208 70 don't forget them on twitter at last word on spurs and us at love sport radio love sport love sport with 7otb.com play your way to one million pounds love sport radio should we read some tweets chaps yeah, let's, go for let's read some tweets so um, yeah, been coming in thick and fast. Um, Tottenham Boxing, at Tottenham Boxing, has said, at Lee McQueen talks a lot of sense, but one question about the long-term contracts is, does Ericsson, Vertonghen and co want to sign a new contract? We know Walker didn't, and now Toby. Well, I think this is where the frustration comes in, to be fair, um, because that's a worry for me. You know, to, to lose, we're, we're talking about bringing in players, you know, the Marshalls, whoever else, you know, everyone knows, but to lose Ericsson... Part so of the core, isn't he? Yeah, Part of the core. To lose Yan, this is a bigger issue. Two of our so, biggest players last uh, season. 100%, Rick. So, so we don't know if they want to sign or not. I mean, it, it, I, I, obviously I'm optimistic, so I'd suggest that they do. Um, but it is a bit of a worry why they haven't signed a long-term deal yet. I mean, are they looking at the summer business and thinking, God... We're Doing expect- a rose. Doing well, a yeah, rose they're looking at Spurs year. looking at this summer thinking, God, what are we going to do next season? Are we going to push on? Are well, these why the players are still on new contracts? Well, there's been there's been talk about Ericsson and, and Delhi signing deals. What we don't know, <laughs> like so much of the club, we know nothing that goes on behind the scenes. We don't know if Ericsson and Ellie's deals will be announced when that window shut. Because if you if you come out now and say Christian Ericsson's on 160 grand a week, Delhi Ali's going to be on 150 grand a week, it gives the new market for players to coming in. Ah, that's what they're on. So their agent instantly asks for that. You don't know that. That's that's why it's not left until after the window. But you would surely argue, Jace, now when Twitter is at its most up. This is the best but time Spurs, to announce the deal. Spurs don't run their transfer deal to suit Twitter. They run yeah. it to suit the football club. It's as simple as that. The football club or the business? 
the business is part of the football club is part of their business but you know like i say if if you announce those deals and you wanted to sign and you want to sign jack grealish right jack grealish's agent the first he's going to say is he's going to play alongside christian erickson so i want my client to earn the same money as erickson at the moment erickson's only earning what 80 grand a week but if it's known that Ericsson's on 150 grand a week, there's Jack Grealish's agent saying, well, you can pay me towards that. So you don't know that's what's going on. We'll see. Once that window's shut, I think when Tottenham have usually done their contracts announcements, that last, the last big batch with the famous yeah, uh, pictures of Potts Round, they were all done September and October's, once windows have gone down. You don't know that's the... It may be, it may, maybe they haven't signed them, but Tottenham are very careful with how they release it, and Tottenham do not run their football club to suit Twitter mate but I do believe the players looking at this window must be thinking we're meant to be a club that wants to push on got a brand new stadium like Lee said at the start of the show this is now the time if there's never a better time to invest I don't know Lee this is now the time surely this is the best time to invest that, that I agree with we should have invested in this transfer window I've said all along we needed a central midfield player we haven't got one but not everything that is wrong in this window is down to Daniel Levy the, the Grealish deal, I quite agree. I can't understand why it's taking so long. It's, I mean, today they're talking about a, a difference of five million. Come on, let's let's penny pinching for a Premier League club that's in the Champions League with a sixty-two thousand stadium. That I understand, but then you also get with the Kovacic rumours today. I mean, you and me have sat here and said we'd like Kovacic. I don't know about Lee, but you know, our Levy won't go for Kovacic. Maybe it's Pochettino that doesn't want Kovacic. It's, it's not everything that's wrong is down to Daniel Levy. There's a lot of it that's wrong to Levy, but not all of it. Well, Nigel uh, Watson has tweeted saying, can't wait to listen to this, guys. Thank you, Nigel. Grant Osborne, smashing it, Lee. Nice words, mate. Making sense. Hashtag voice of... Can't, I'm getting a lot of love there, Lee. Yes, Grant. Um, Jeff Knight. He's atted us. Uh, last word on Spurs. That last Friday, you can do the same. Uh, Toby was at the green screen sessions. Think we all see him play, or is he destined to ride the bench and ride out his contract? <laughs> Them green screen sessions are like the new calendar, aren't they? The u- new oh, yearly calendar. Oh, have they made the don't calendar. read December. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> yeah. December's hopeless. Yeah. <laughs> don't read anything into that, in my opinion. But is that a clever ploy from Spurs, what they're doing against Man United, saying you're not going to dictate what we're going to do? The fact they've announced, well, I say announced, the fact that he's part of that green well, screen. Well, they, they have to do it. They have to do it, but the fact Spurs have made it so in the common knowledge of, on the, in the common knowledge now by putting it on Twitter. Isn't it just a negotiation, guys and listeners? Isn't it just about a negotiation? You know my thoughts. Uh, you know, the, re- the reality the of the situation is yeah. it's, it's, it's going to happen. So, um, you know, it's just a negotiation. Whether or not it's a millionaire or to, oh, you know, we're now looking at Harry Maguire or now we're looking at... Yeah, we mean Now we're looking at, you know what I mean? It's but that, that, that's just a massive smokescreen. It's yeah, United it's, playing it's, games, it's, you know, it's pl- playing the market, playing the agents properly so that, you know, they let Daniel leave, you know, hey... We're still here, you know. Let's be fair. United and Spurs have this acrimonious transfer history. You know, I think Michael Carrick, I was shocked how they got that deal done so quickly in the early parts of the summer in 06. But the Berbatov one, half past 11 or midnight, you know, it was nuts how late But will we get back in return? Fraser Campbell. So that's what I said about the whole Alderweireld situation. For me, you've got to try and get Martial as part of this deal. If we've not, Jason has said as well on numerous shows, if we're not going to get Martial in return, go and spend the money on a top quality player. Be, be, being being a United fan, you know, I will tell you something. Our negotiation reputation for commercial deals is incredible. For transfers, is atrocious. 
absolutely atrocious. I can see it being United sending Martial the other way. I'd love that. And, and, and you know, us paying you lot cash as well. It's that kind <laughs> of... Ed Woodward is that kind of guy. It's just like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Mourinho's, Mourinho's the one who's going to be, you know, holding the pitchfork behind him going, get it done. You know, there's issues there between them two. You never know. With Mourinho United, Ed Woodward might be looking going, you know what, one more season for him. Let's not bother buying him a player let's not bother after all he spouted out in the press let's not bother and it might just all fall apart granted United want a centre half the weird thing is is the Marcos Rojo deal to Everton has stalled somewhat it's all gone quiet that one he was going for medical it was done XYZ now it's all gone quiet which means that something along the line isn't clicking I reckon it could be Toby there is no way in hell United are going for Harry Maguire because he's not a Mourinho player Yeri Mina as well he's a guy who bashed up a couple of England boys in the World Cup. Yeah. Great, let's sign him. No. No, 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 no. Mourinho wants to out of Ireland. He is the best defender in the league. Granted. The best centre-half in the league. Answer that one. He's still out. Toby, for you, the best defender in the league. I'm not talking about him anymore. I'm sick <laughs> to death of talking about him. I'll Refuse, about, I'm not answering it. I'm fed up talking. Right, let's, let's I've talked about him for months. Let's I'm push. Uh, let's push this tweet away from Jason. It's just uh, Ali's tweet. Said <laughs> would be very stupid if he's bench. I think he's professional enough to let it go and move on with the season if he doesn't get his transfer. Don't think we can afford to bench the best centre half in the league in the past two years. That's despite him playing half the games last season. Well, as everyone knows, Toby was Spurs's best centre half for God knows how long and don't get me wrong last season he had his injuries and um, wasn't great when he came back and featured against Rochdale featured also to the events against Newport as well wasn't that great but let's not beat around the bush Toby on his day is one of the best central defenders in the league and for me being a Spurs team every single day of the week 7.32 we'll be back with more of your tweets we're going to be getting an opposition view it's a new feature we've launched here on Love Sport across all of our fan shows the opposition view giving you an insight into who you're playing in your next match day we'll speak to Alan O'Brien of the Tactics Truck Go on, you have, you have some chocolate, mate. He's, J, Jace, is, uh, Jace is having a bit of a break. You, you, you have a cool down, mate. Have a bit of chocolate. Have a, have, have a water, mate, and and just swipe, relax. But we'll be talking to Alan O'Brien from the Tactics Truck about Newcastle United. If I'm honest, I tried to get hold of a lot of Newcastle podcasters. Uh, truth be told, that they're, they're fearful of um, their language on the radio because of their ownership issues, which I'm sure Alan will be uh, delighted to highlight a little bit later on in the show. Seven thirty-three. Good evening, Slough Sport. Yes, Love Sport Radio. We're talking all things Spurs until 9 o'clock tonight. Do give us a call, 0208 702558. We want to know your opinions on, on Daniel Levy, the progress that the club is making. Are Spurs somewhat plateauing from this pure upward trajectory they've had since, I'd say, around the early 2000s, 2004, 2005, since you saw that complete rebrand, the rechange of the club, and, and a new Spurs emerge? Since Lasagna Gate, you mean, Aaron, yeah? No, no before that, that before that, time, when, when the uh, the transfer strategy was if they're young and English, buy them. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was a great strategy. As and now, well. we, and now what are we? Now what are we? If they're uh, we can't we can't do anything. If they're on the cheap the and they're half decent, we'll have them. We haven't done anything yet, and it's there two days to go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Basically, what Daniel Levy is doing is yeah, and and I, I do this all the time, not on every day. Do you know when you're bidding for something on eBay? Yeah, yeah. You have that tactic, you watch it. You hit watch. You've got all these watched items, and then you get the little notification on your phone 15 minutes, quick, bid soon. Mm. You think and Martial's it, on his like, little. Uh, it's not the little. You know, it's a you, no, you, know, you, know, you, know you know the time is going down 1 minute 41, and he's thinking, <laughs> do I bid now? It gives other people the opportunity to get in. What do I do? 
this is what he's doing. He's waiting for it to get to like 28 seconds, just so his phone and his 4G and his Wi-Fi works in sync properly. <laughs> he's going to bid, bang, and all he wants to see is that green screen that says, success, you won this auction. That's all he wants to see. Derek, you've tweeted us, and one genuine question, please, guys. Do we all feel that the current squad are good enough to replicate last season's third-place finish, slash, if not better? Bearing in mind, I felt we absolutely crawled over the line in the end. Everyone around us will be better. The fact we are the only club across Europe's top five leagues yet to spend is, to me, pretty embarrassing. I genuinely fear all of Poch's hard work could be undone this coming season, and with the greatest respect to Poch, I honestly feel Levy has let him down. Only Daniel Levy could put a dampener on what should be the most exciting summer in the club's history. Great show, by the way. Thank you very much, Derek. Great tweet. Ricky, I said to you how many weeks ago, the one man who always brings Spurs down, in my humble opinion, from an outsider looking in, is Daniel Levy. Every single time you've been so close, one quality signing away. Go and bring in a Cardi. Go and bring in a quality centre forward to supplement Harry Kane. Don't go cheap. Don't buy Vincent Yancey. Don't buy Nkudu. Don't buy NG. You don't need these players. Go and buy him quality. And he's done it again. Derek is asking that question. What do you make of it? Derek's fair in his point. I think I've been the most critical as I've ever been about Tottenham in a transfer window because I've always tried to be rational about it. But even I've said on this show numerous times now, even I'm scratching my head with two days to go, pretty astounded by the lack of business. I know Jason makes the point that these players, maybe they're not what Pochettino wants, but I'm absolutely sure Pochettino is sitting there also not too happy about how the window's gone. I can't believe he would be happy. And in Derek's point about where do I see us going this season coming up, can we better our position last year I don't think we can that's what I don't think with this current squad we might be able to match it but I think we'll go and better the current position I don't know what you think about that Jace no I, I sitting here as at tonight until that window shuts but I don't think we'll better last year's third place finished but you know, I'm, I'm not so sure just because the others have bought, they've all improved. I'm, I'm, you know, there's, there's a hell of a lot. Can, can Manchester United, it's Mourinho's third season. So do we get the normal third season implosion that he causes? We don't know what, what Sarri will do at Chelsea. You don't know what Emery's plans for Arsenal will be. They may well be harder to beat, but there's, there's, just because you've gone and bought players, Chelsea bought a lot of players last year, went from first to fifth. Who would have said that? So just because you're buying players doesn't mean to say you've all improved. Yeah, I mean, uh, just to just to echo some of that, I, I you know, it, it, the whole transfer thing is frustrating. I just want to uh, go back to Derek's first point when we talked about where do you think that we can actually finish and where can we improve. <laughs> I, I run a business called Raw Talent, and it is all about taking talent that is that has got potential and nurturing it to be brilliant. And that's exactly what Pochettino does with his with his squad. So I'm looking at that and saying, actually, I think we can kick on. I, I generally also want to win the league, and I generally think with one or two really world class additions, I think we could win the league. I don't think we will in in this um, in this uh, in this next uh, forthcoming season. But what I'm actually saying is that we we finished third, second third in the last three years now, when has Spurs ever done that and I'm not just want to be happy with that but the implosion that everyone's talking about let's just take a step back realistically and have a think about if we was to match what we did last season and maybe cap it off with a trophy we, sh- we should have gone into that semi-final and that was that was naivety in my opinion in terms of you know we got a bit scared and Marino done a job on us and, what, and whatever in the semi-final if we can cap it with a, with a trophy and finish third 
it, 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 are we still going to have that implosion of, of Spurs fans saying it's not good enough? This is good enough. It's good enough for where we are and where we want to be. Uh, where, 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 what we're spending that is that is what we can expect is it good enough for the players that's what my only question would be over may, the, may, the last couple of seasons that's my only concern uh, is it enough now for these players do they also feel look we've been at Spurs now for two or three seasons we love the manager I, and I honestly believe they do love the manager but, is it enough for them but, to want to just but, 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 they, but they've Champions got League. a win. Sorry, sorry Jace, but they've got a win. It's their job. Their job. They get paid 200 grand a week, agree, 180 agree. grand a week. They've got a win. They have got a way, a way to find. Pochettino is... I, I love him. I just want to put on a record, right? I literally do love him. I'm doing the heart thing there. I love Pochettino. It's been the best thing to happen. But he hasn't won anything yet. Mm, yeah. now, they have to learn to win that piece first. And what happens if we bring in a character for 70 million quid and he, he ends up being an attitude like Adebayor and breaks down all the work that we've you don't know in that situation so you know, Harry came up go, oh, do you know what I want to go and leave and win trophies but at the end of the day it's their job to win trophies with the club that they're at and I think, right I think as well if if you look at some of those players let's, let's take Ericsson not not picking on him or, or saying he'd be the problem but a player like Ericsson that's been there what this is his fifth or sixth season coming up he was there he was bought on the, the bail money wasn't he so if he's been there five or six years, come the end of the season, and we still haven't won a trophy, then is he the player that's going to bring us a trophy? Or is it time to say, I tell you what, one or two of these, they've been here for four or five years, they've tried, they continuously fail in a semi-final. Maybe you have to be a little bit more ruthless and say, perhaps one or two of those, perhaps we will try and, and sign a replacement. But is that not now about getting those like we said about Lee in the yeah. summer, you're getting those one or two players that have won the trophies, that have that winning mentality, mentality that can drag you over the line in these semi-finals. That's what I think we just need now. We've got a World Cup winner. We've got a World Cup winner, yeah, he's Hugo. He's our captain. Yeah, okay, got, yeah, I'll argue that. We've got Toby, we've got Ericsson, who we just mentioned, all won titles. Do you know what I mean? Like we have got winners throughout, throughout the side. You know, I just want to just bring it out in if, if I can. You know, Man United um, f- fan and, and, and all the listeners know that. When when did Fergie refresh his teams? Was it a cycle? Was there kind of a trend? Yeah, but we were traditionally late. We were always late. We were always playing catch up on everyone else, mm. especially when it came to doing things tactically. When it came to buying players, and I mean, don't forget, there's a point in time we didn't buy a midfielder for six or seven years. Scholes was on his way out, you know, with, with his knees and his legs, and he had an eye injury, which, you know, nearly left him blind. Giggs had to come and drop deep. We had John O'Shea playing midfield. We had players like that. And Fergie consistently, I think, with, with you know, the, the implementation of the Glazers, I think he was fighting fires all the time, and he was fighting battles. I think, sure, the sheer, the sheer fact that the man was a winner just inspired people. He got the best out of players like Darren Fletcher who turned into, you know, a quality player for United. Yeah, yeah. Michael Carrick turned into one of, I, I think, one of the best midfielders in England, you know, at United with him. He inspired people to go on further. He was pretty but, good at Spurs. To ter- well, he was quality, but turning teams over, very, very slow indeed. But I think that the difference between, you know, um, you look at United then and sort of a Spurs now is that United had the manager the manager who'd won trophies consistently won trophies had the money Poch, he had the money but when did, you know there were seasons where we had transfer windows like this pal the season we were signing Berbatov we didn't sign anyone apart from Berbatov 30 million you know 30 million pound for Dimitar Berbatov and we waited till 
the last seconds of the last day mm. of the transfer window. You know, we we didn't sign players. I mean, do, don't forget the Carlos Tevez argument. You know, there was a point in time where fans were protesting outside the ground because United United's owners, the Glazers, wouldn't pay twenty five million pounds to buy Carlos Tevez off this random Iranian guy who used to own yeah, him, yeah. Keir Drabchin. And then Carlos Tevez himself was going round doing, you know, that he he go and celebrate a goal in front of the director's box and and put the hands up to the ears, going, look. Come, mate, I'm here. And United fans lost it. And you know, there was a point in time where the fans just went nuts. But that's because our owners don't have a vision. There's no vision at United. Spurs, I feel there's a vision. And I feel that with Daniel Levy, he takes you know, he's become such a public figure now. Owners of clubs weren't public figures before. They were they were local mm. businessmen who mm. built their yeah. way up in the likes of, you know, you my, know, my I, I'm, I'm, was, well, there you go. There you go. Figure, I, I remember, you know, Sam Longson at Derby County was known for trucking. You know, you had the original owners at Manchester United, the Edwards family were like, I think they were butchers. Mm. You know, they had this, this massive sort of meat market business. But, because of Joe Lewis, because of Daniel Levy, they, Daniel Levy's become like this sort of mini brand, you know, where it's like, oh, he's known for that, he's known for that, he, he, he's getting himself in the limelight. I don't think he wants to be in the limelight. I think he's just there because of the day and age we live in. Mm. And and with Spurs, I think that obviously delivering you a new statement, a world-class venue, delivering you a new training facilities, delivering you, you know, the best that he can is his main objective right now. But, the one thing that disappoints me as a Spurs fan is him turning around going, well, it's not going to implement, it's not going to affect success on the pitch. With United, and I'll say something, this is a quote from their quarterly results. They turn around and Edward would, smarmy as ever, the little accountant turn around and goes, our lack of success on pitch will never affect our commercial performance of Flip, it. Flipped it. Flipped it. Basically, <laughs> we get relegated, mate. Don't worry. We're still making loads of money. It's fine. It's fine. We'll make money. Don't worry about it. And that's why... I'll tell you something. If you guys have a bad season, do you reckon he'll, he'll sat Poch? If you if you guys are languishing between 15th and, and 20th at Christmas, he'll sat, he'll sat Poch. He's that kind of guy. United won't. You know why? Because they're making so much money selling the tourists. They're making so much money from the Korean, you know, noodle supplier and the Japanese... Um, sushi supplier deal that they've got that mm. they don't care there's a vision at Spurs though that's what I feel and I feel you've got the best young manager out there I would kill to have him at my club I said it before when United were going for Mourinho don't go for him go for Poch he's got a vision he's got a plan but everyone that- says that Aaron everyone says about Pochettino you know young manager has got it all there and you think so if he's got it all there why are we just not backing him for these couple of days left to go but that's I, what I, 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 I think I think personally Levy is looking at the bigger picture what's I the bigger he, picture because he's already the, delivered the, the stadium so what's the, the bigger picture selling the club well, not, not, not selling the club but, but building a, a proper sustainable platform I don't think you guys are going to have the same difficulties as Arsenal where you have to squimp and save every year to go and bring in you know a, 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 a sort of sub-stand level of player and maybe every five years you'll bring in someone of the ilk of an Ozil you know a big name I don't think you'll have that issue once the stadium's built. Don't forget, and I brought up this point about West Ham, a year ago, they were fighting. They signed Jordan Hugill from Preston North End in January. Look at them now. Everyone's looking at West Ham going, they spent some money, didn't they? That's because they're operating on a different playing field now. They're operating on a different budget. The stadium money's come together. You know, that 56,000 fans or 60,000 fans they have at the London Stadium, they're paying their money there. They're spending money in the ground and they've actually got a budget to go and bring in people like Philippe Anderson, who's a class act. Philippe Anderson, who's linked with United, linked with Spurs, linked with Arsenal, linked with Chelsea, all these different clubs. It's got a West Ham United. And and I think I think there's got to be an element of trust in the process. 
In Poch we trust and in, in Poch Levy. we do. Yeah, I think in Poch we trust. I just think with Daniel Levy, it's split, isn't it, Jace? I think I think I think Aaron's right. There is a vision for the club. I think Levy I think he does care. I don't think it's just purely about profits, but the problem is we've we've perhaps gone a little bit quicker over the past four years than we than we were expected to. And I think that it's fair now that we want to carry on that pace and perhaps this transfer window has shown that, that Levy doesn't want to push on with it. I think as well, Spurs have capitalised on a lot of teams' shortcomings. You know, the shortcomings of United over the past, you know, five or six years. Arsenal haven't been at their best. Chelsea have had in in different seasons here and there. Liverpool have never really well. They challenged, but you know, there's been some years where they've been so consistently inconsistent that it's allowed Spurs to come in through the back door and go. You know what? We're here now. We think, are here. I think as well, Aaron. It, it's it's a funny thing, isn't it? You get this. We shouldn't sell to a rival. But, but the fact that Tottenham Hotspur are comparing themselves to Manchester United as a rival when they've got what twenty one Premier League or twenty one league titles and things that shows you that Tottenham have made progress. Of course, and part of that progress has been down to Daniel Levy. I look at Spurs as a rival, as United fan. I look at Spurs as a rival because. I feel while Spurs have been in ascent, we've been in a descent. You know, since Alex Ferguson left, United have been on a downhill curve. We might bring in Falcao with no Champions League football. Angel Di Maria, X, Y, Z, Paul Pogba. But that's because United are paying them wages that will smash everyone out of the bag. And do you really think, if you look at the players playing in that United squad right now, I will tell you something, I could pick out 10, 12 names, 15 names that do not care. Do not care. There are very few players right now that will play for the badge. At Spurs, I think you've got a lot of players there who are actually playing for the badge. We'll have to go for a break. We're really, 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 really late. It's Love Sport. 5.58 a.m. Love Sport. The Fans Show on Love Sport with 7OTV.com. Play your way to £1 million. Eight minutes to eight o'clock across the capital. Good evening. This is Last We're talking all things Spurs till nine PM tonight. Joining me, Ricky, Jace, and Lee from Last Word on Spurs. You can join us as well. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. But Lee, you have a message. You want a bit of positivity, don't you? I just do. I mean, I just I'm just saying off air to to the guys. You know, I think that look, it's transfer window. People are frustrated. Okay, let's but let's think about what we can do. We just had unbelievable World Cup. We've got nine players that are coming back in from the World Cup. Oh yeah, I'll be at late, but we've got a World Cup winner. Guys, girls, we've got a World Cup winner in our team. We've got three Belgians that got to the semi-final or came third. We've got five English lads that got to the semi-final and, and, and unfortunately, you know, come fourth, essentially. We've got some really, really good players. We've got Ericsson that's played in the World Cup. We've got Son with his smile. Let's do a Son. I want everybody who's listening now to do a Son right now. That always puts a smile on your face. Let's do a Son, Aaron. Love it. Let's do it. What, you mean a dodgy handshake? <laughs> a dodgy handshake. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, look, at the end of the day, right, we've got Newcastle coming up, you know, it can be doom and gloom, we ain't signed anyone. So what? We've got some amazing players, amazing players already in the team, amazing uh, youngsters coming through. Let's get, let's get positive about it, Rick. What do you think? I think at least spot on, because at the end of the day, when this window shuts... We're all going to keep loving Tottenham. We're all going to keep watching the team. So regardless of if we sign anyone, if we don't sign anyone, we'll still be there Saturday afternoon cheering on the boys for what is a huge game against Newcastle. Massive game. I'm looking forward to it. I can't I'm going. Oh, you're going down I'm there? Buzzing. Yeah, you're going, isn't it? Yeah, I'm yeah, buzzing. Yeah. I'm really looking forward you're, to going. You're, you're not going up there in that shirt. No, 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 no. It's, it's suit, suit and tie. If, if people can't Saturday. see him, he's sitting here in his Chevrolet-sponsored Man United. It's a terrible shirt. It's a lovely shirt, though, by, by Adidas. I've got to give him that. You do like the old Adidas shirt, yeah? 
honestly. You can't. You, no. Nike, Nike have done a, uh, Nike a deal with us, haven't they, it. with the old shirt this season. <laughs> they just let's, don't do it for me. Let's, let's talk then, lads, about, about Newcastle. So, so what do we think? Where, where do we think this is going? You know, we're going up to um, St. James's Park. Difficult place to go. Recent times been very, very good to, to Spurs. In actual fact, it's an absolute replica of the of the opening game last season. We come away, I think, with a 2-0 win, I think. 2-0 win. 2-0 win. Shelby, I remember him. He got sent off, sent off in his first half. Yeah. So, where, where do we think that we're going to, you know, end up? Let's not talk about Toby's or transfers. Let's talk about three well, points. I'll, t- I'll tell you, if you want a bit of positivity, they're they're in a worse state ownership wise than Spurs, which is great. <laughs> well, it's interesting actually. We've just I've just seen a tweet about uh, Ashley and Levy being kind of very similar in terms of chairman and owners. So it'd be quite, I mean, quite I mean, interesting. But. M- Mike Ashley is one of my neighbours. Uh, he, he lives uh, up the road from me in. Oh, what's going on? This Newcastle Roy, fans waiting for you to Royal get the address Berkshire. out now. <laughs> in Robert, oh mate, they they can tell his house. Trust me, you'll be able to sell his house from a mile off. Really? Absolute mile off. Uh, I'm just as thinking, we can with yours, Alan Bowler. Yeah, that's it, mate. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's like a massive house in like a gated. It's a gated house, but it just looks like you know one of those old scenes from like a horror movie. It's like big willow trees everywhere and stuff like that. You're like, oh, okay, a bit scary, but. <laughs> With him, you know, there is an element of, of I, I use the word, it, it, it's very cancerous up there. And they're, they're going to certainly, certainly make their voices known on Saturday. Rafa Benitez is, you know, a good manager. He's been there for a couple of seasons now. And I think the Newcastle fans are so, so scared of losing him. It's unreal. And I think this can really work in Spurs' favour. I think for Spurs, the most important thing is hopefully having Harry Kane fit for this one. I know everyone's going to throw at me. He hasn't scored in August. It's got to win at some point. Harry showed how good he was during the World Cup. So a massive, massive opportunity for him to hit the ground running against Newcastle. And obviously also to see if Deli Alli's going to be fit. I said to Jason before we came into the studio, for me, if Delhi feels he's 100% fit, Delhi will want to play. Mm. And I think Pochettino will want to play him. So there's a lot of decisions to be made coming into Newcastle because of the midfield crisis that Spurs still have. I mean, Jason, I don't know what your thoughts are about the midfield going into Saturday. Well, I think, you know, the, the nine players that have returned, I don't see him chucking all nine straight into that side. I think there'll be, I think Oria will probably start the game over Trippier. Obviously, I think Ben Davis will. And then the, the, the key selection, I suppose, where you have genuinely got a choice is that Lucas Moore has had a good pre-season, has played really well and has scored a couple of goals. Ericsson, we all expect to be in there. Sonny's, Sonny's also available and I think Sonny scored in pre-season, hasn't he, as well? So it's, it's whether those three stay behind Kane or you throw Ali in and if if you throw Ali in, who comes out? We're going to be previewing that Newcastle fixture. It's a lunchtime kickoff, twelve thirty, here on uh, on Saturday. It's Love Sport Radio. Good evening. Thanks for choosing us this evening. We'll be back right after the news, talking all things Spurs once again. They dare to do, and the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season, Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs Fans Show on Love Sport with seven of the best for your chance to win a million pounds. Enough to make your heart go. Oh, 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 oh
three minutes past eight across the capital. Good evening. It is Love Sport Radio talking all things Spurs for another hour or so with the gents from Last Word on Spurs. It's Ricky, it's Jace, it's Lee in the building. Give us a call. 0208 70 558. We want to hear from you. This hour we're going to be previewing that Newcastle fixture a little bit more. Alan O'Brien from the tactics shop. He's me reversing his, his big old heavy load into our, uh, into our studio and will be giving us a bit of a tactical insight into what we can expect from Rafa, Newcastle and a couple of their new signings as well that they've made. Yes, they have made signings. Unreal. Then again, if they didn't make any signings, uh, well, it would have just been meltdown up there. Um, yeah, real, real meltdown. Um, looking at a uh, a featured player as well this week, here's Hugo Lloris. But where do you want to start? Do you want to start on the uh, on the Newcastle game? Yeah, by all means. I mean, as he said before, we went to a break. Big, big game for Tottenham. First game of the season. You always want to hit the ground running. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see which players will be available for this one. Hopefully, like I said before the break, Harry Kane will start. Dele Alli, if he wants to play, and Pochettino feels he's fit, I do think he will play. And, you know, looking at that midfield situation with Ali, the likes of Skip, Amos, is there an opportunity for one of these guys to maybe be involved in the starting lineup? Does Pochettino feel these guys are ready? That's a big question. You've got the situation at right back where Kieran Trippier had a fabulous, fabulous World Cup. Oh, it was outstanding, wasn't it? It was amazing. I mean, we've got ourselves a new set-piece taker as well. Totally. So, that would be interesting yeah, to see where we sw- switch yeah. around, actually, with Ericsson and, uh, and Trippier. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, again, does Zoria come in if Trippier isn't ready? There's a lot of selection dilemmas to make on Saturday. So, um, yeah. Be interesting. Oh, I'm getting butterflies, Rick, talking about that. I'm loving it. It's the football season's back, and we're all sitting on Twitter having a meltdown. Let's get involved, people. We're going to go up to Newcastle. We're going to take three points off them. It's going to be nice. We're going to get Amos a nice little debut. He's going to have a man of match performance like uh, um, like our, our, our lovely right back did last uh, last Carl year. Walker uh, Carl Walker Peters, didn't he? He, he did. had his debut and he got his uh, spot on. I think I think it's going to be great. Got a World Cup winner. Come on, people. What is the matter with you? Like, I reckon we. I'm going for it, mate. I reckon we're going to win. No problem. That'll be interesting to see if he throws Amos in or whether he, he does pick with Dyer and who's alongside him in midfield. That might be a way to, to get Ali, Mora, Son and Eriksson all into the side is that either Ali or Eriksson drops into where Winks or Dembele usually play. But, you know, I don't think he'll be scared to throw Amos in if he really no, wants no, to. Yeah, but I, I don't think so. I'd still be perhaps surprised if he, if he... I could see him on the bench and maybe coming on if you're 2-0 up with yeah. 20 minutes to go or something like that. Is is um is Dembele fit? Like, because everyone is he ever fit? No, I, I know, I know, and I think that's uh, I suppose it's going to be the longer longer term point. But ultimately, if he is generally fit, why wouldn't he start? If he's still if he's well, still yeah, going to be exactly. there, like, why played. why wouldn't he start? So you you end up starting with Dembele yeah. and Dyer, and that's happy days midfield. He still played, didn't he? A you lot know, of we games keep last talking season. Talking about kind of longer term, don't we, in terms mm. of his fitness and all that? But if he's fit for the new, just for the Newcastle game, you have got to pick your best eleven. If he's fit, you pick him, don't you? I think you do. I think if he's still here, a Tottenham player, then he'd be in that first team. If he's ready, of mm. course. But, I mean, in midfield at the moment, I think we've got issues with Sissoko and Lamella, who have both picked up knocks on this USA tour. Onoma, I think also he picked up an injury. You wouldn't maybe suggest he'd be anywhere near the first team squad, would you, Jace Onoma? 
No, I don't think so. But as, as you say, you know, who's, who's on the bench and how many others are, are completely injured? So I wouldn't rule anyone out at this stage, that's for sure. I mean, is, where's Wanyama going to be? Yeah, it, it depends how Wanyama's how serious his injury's been, doesn't it? In Another one, Luke, we move away. But, uh, but again, Victor, is, he's been he's been amazing for us. Um, but he hasn't, you know, that first season was absolutely amazing. Scored a couple of peaches, obviously, against Liverpool last season as well. But again, injuries hit. So I, I mean, I'm looking at a positive, you know, from listening to the pod that I've been on, um, uh, you know, w- with you guys over last year and stuff like that, last word on Spurs, I- I'm Mr. Positive. So I'm sitting here and I'm going to myself, well, what is some doom and gloom going on, people? Let's talk about Newcastle and just, it's Newcastle. We're going to take them to the cleaners, are we not? Great opening day fixture as well. It's a fantastic opening day. The sun's going to be shining, St. James's Park, 52,000, buzzing, thinking that they're going to win with Rondon and we're going to absolutely obliterate it. Oh, we'll be top of the league before we even start. Oh, it's going to be amazing, exactly. mate. Goal difference. Two, top of the league. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's, that's when Leicester battered my mob 6-1 on the Friday night, pal. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a bit of transfer news that's been spoken. And uh, Fulham have confirmed, the, c- oh, confirmed the signing of Callum Chambers. I have to announce God, it. Callum Chambers. Callum Chambers on loan alone? from Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Arsenal fans expecting him to to be a starter in their team. That's because Unai Emery he came signed out. a new contract, didn't he? Yeah, it signed a long-term recently. deal, but mm-hmm. he's gone out on loan to Fulham. Uh, Nottingham Forest nil, West Bromwich Albion nil in the Championship. 22 minutes gone there. It's been a great start to the Football League season as well. It's been absolutely exhilarating. I think I counted 106 goals. There's some massive, Over massive teams in the championship this Leeds. year. Ain't it? The big Leeds. teams. Sure, amongst all the goals, my favourite moment of the championship weekend was um, Bielsa's interview. Have oh, you seen that? Brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, absolutely fantastic interview from Bielsa. He is so determined. And it's like watching Pochettino in a way because you see the way Pochettino was determined when he came to England. Um, yeah, like well, he had a translator, but. Poch apparently was the one that wrote the um, the recommendation for him to come over here. So he looks like he's going to be a lot of fun in the championship. And yeah, certainly, fun, fun, fun. Certainly will. Um, we're going to try and keep it upbeat. I mean, look, Newcastle United, they, uh, they, they, they've brought in the likes of Solomon Rondon, someone who, who doesn't have the, the greatest goal record in the Premier League. I think it's one in four he, he, he scores. But a, a striker that's taken the number nine berth there... Um, plenty of expectation on his shoulders he'll want to get off the ground running it's suppose but I mean someone like that you'd expect <laughs> unless we've just signed him right? no no sorry, again Spurs, excuse <laughs> okay, me but you, you'd expect him to to look to to try and do some bizzo just to get himself you know endear himself to the crowd but I, I just I don't understand clubs who I buy that sort of big but strange, a strange thing with Rondon and you're right I don't think I don't think he's a great striker, but in, in the two games that we played West Brom last year, he gave us oh, he, totally he gave us all sorts of problems. I mean, the, he I mean, scored, he, he ruined like, Davison right, Sanchez yeah, at totally, Wembley early yeah, on, didn't three he? Minutes and he, in or something, wasn't he? He played very well at the end of the season, so it <laughs> seems we we do seem to have that thing where you, you pick rubbish strikers and yet they play against Tottenham and they look well beaters. Yeah, that that would be my only worry uh, for the uh, for the weekend. Is you know, my upbeatness is 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 just been deflated by you, Aaron, because they've got Sorry. Rondon up front. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, he's going to go and score that trick against right, they'll, 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 uh, they'll play Hosolu instead, who, who, who couldn't hit a cow's backside with a banjo bell. So don't worry about it. It's exactly how it's going to go down. Ten past eight, it's Love Sport Radio. We want to hear from you. You want to talk Spurs? 0208 70 25 at Love Sport Radio. If you're a Newcastle fan, a rogue Newcastle fan, exiled to the capital, give us a call as well. Love to hear from you. 
This is Love Sport. Yeah, it's Love Sport Radio. Good uh, good evening. We've had a tweet in from Vanch. He's asked, can you ask what the group thinks about playing Delhi or Ericsson in uh, a holding midfield role next to Dyer, both this match and all long term? Thanks for your tweet, Vanch. Well, I, I don't. It wouldn't be that as a holding player as such, but certainly as a deeper lying player. I said that may be the way that they pigeonhole more Son, Ericsson, and Ali into the team. But, but for me, Ericsson and Ali still play better further forward than they would do in midfield. So yes, it's a possibility at Newcastle, but I don't think you're playing to your full strengths in doing it. Yeah, I think I think for me, I think if you're going to push either of them two players mentioned a bit deeper, I think it probably would be an Ericsson on a basis that is a little bit more kind of can I say quarterback esque, having a look up, putting the passes. I think Delhi playing a little bit deeper could could also work, but not as a deep deep line midfielder. I think it could work in terms of making late runs. You know, dare I say it, a little Lampard esque. You know, like if you look at how we ruined Chelsea last season, it was from running from deep into the box late, and I think that's where Delhi can do his damage. So if we if we're trying, like Jason said, to get them. Three, four players uh, in behind Kane. If if we don't start with Lorente, um, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts, listeners, on if we're going to start Kane or Lorente. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, you know, if we're trying to get them people in, then I think it could work. I think that if you're with with all due respect and all jokes aside, with Newcastle, they can be dangerous. But to play two holding midfielders against Newcastle, I think you've got to be attacking rather than being on the defensive side. So somebody a bit a little bit more deep line, but actually can ping through for the likes of Moore, for the likes of Son, to actually run onto and get in beyond Harry Kane would, would do some serious damage. I quite like the idea of maybe seeing Son and Moore in the same team. I think that's a really, really attacking night from Spurs because playing Son and Moore, do you then leave yourselves exposed slightly in midfield? That's the only concern with that. I don't know. Well, all I've heard for the last year is that we want pace and width in the team. That's so an there argument, you yeah. go. There's yeah. your pace and width and, and let's see if it works. Yeah, and mean, if we struggle to break Newcastle down, then perhaps people will stop saying all we need is pace and width. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think Ericsson, I think he runs his stats. If you look at some of his stats, I think he runs more than most of the other oh, players does. in terms of covering the areas of the pitch and that sort of stuff. So he does get up and up and down and about and that sort of stuff. So picking the ball up a deep and having a look and, and pinging some balls, I could see that I could see that working actually. Um, have they got um, uh, a couple of injury woes themselves? I think uh, on Newcastle side of things with uh, um, uh, with Florian Lejeune and, and that sort of stuff. I don't know whether that's going to make any difference, is it? Well, he's on an ACL, um, and then you've got the goalkeeper, Martin Dubravka, if I pronounced that right. He's still expected to be fit. You've got Diame, who apparently was taken off precaution in their last game. He should be fit to play. Obviously, Gale's now left, isn't he? Yep, it was Gale's now left. Deal, so. so you would imagine Rondon's going to start. And like Jay said, let's just hope this time around, Sanchez is going to be a bit more ready to handle him than he has been in the previous what, couple of fixtures against what, West Brom. What happened with Kennedy? Did he re-sign for Newcastle? Kennedy on loan, yeah, yeah, he's on loan again, right? Okay, he's a handful. He did play well last year. He's a handful. Yeah, quick pass player. He certainly is. Let's uh, go to another tweet. Luke has tweeted in uh, saying, personally, think Lucas Moore is going to have a big season this season. What's your thoughts on him, and does he start each week? Thanks for tweet, Luke. Yeah, I mean, for me, more this is what it's all been about. Giving him the pre-season that Pochettino discussed. He's looked brilliant in pre-season so far. He's got a cracking free kick against Girona the other night. I won't talk so much about the result. Mm -hmm. But overall in pre-season, I think he's been the most impressive player. And, you know, we've been waiting for this guy maybe to, you know, come to the fore. We did see at the end of last season the abilities there. It's just about managing him consistently. And I do think with a regular run of games in this Spurs side, there's absolutely no reason why he 
could not go on to be Spurs' player of the season coming up. I'd, I'd certainly like to see him start Saturday and then obviously, is this Sonny's last game? Yeah, I think That's so. This is Sonny's yeah. last yeah, game, yeah. so you feel then he's got the next, certainly the next two before the international break. If he impresses in those two, you can't take the player out the side. So for me, yeah, I've got big hopes for him this season. I agree. I think I think he will start. I, I do think we'll see him, and I think that he's got a brilliant preseason and under his belt. Um, I think he had a bit of a, a, a quieter game. I think in one of the uh, preseason games, I think it was the one against AC Milan. I don't think he rated too highly, but uh, other than that, I think he's he's had he's had a good preseason. So for me, he, he, I think we'll see him. I think he starts. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant stuff, gents. Now I don't want to um, sit here and like bash Spurs fans because that's not really my job. My job is to bring you together, not separate you. But it's an interesting tweet from like uh, from Mike Maudsley. He says, "Listen to tonight's debate. Great show, by the way. Uh, thanks, Mike. Thanks, there Mike. seems to be a fan divide about how we as fans view success. For me, it's about winning trophies and not having a new stadium with a microbrewery and a cheese room. Our fan base baffles me at times. Panel's thoughts. Great tweet. I'm not here to invoke." You know, a, a civil war, civil unrest between Spurs fans. But it'll be interesting to to hear your view, and 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 to get your view on that. Look, in my opinion, I love the lane. I thought it was yeah. one of the most incredible yeah. venues. There's just something classic about it. It was just it was just beautiful. I think a lot of people are sitting there going, you know, that Spurs need a new ground to move on. Uh, yeah, maybe you know, it's hit and miss a lot of the time. Um, naturally the board are thinking hey for commercial prospects we have to have a new base a new hub where we can go and 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 go to the next level as a business great cool what is it for you do you just want to see trophies do you want to see a new stadium do you want to see uh, a new infrastructure do you want to see a director of football what 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 defines success for you i think that the big difference is every, absolutely everyone every single spurs fan wants trophies there's there's no question in that i think the difference is you get the view that we didn't really need a new stadium why don't we just concentrate on winning a league cup winning a even if it was a europa league yes we could win a trophy that way like we did in 2008 and that's it and I think for, certainly myself, I want Tottenham, I understand you need the stadium to be able to challenge for more than just one trophy a decade. I want to see Tottenham become like Chelsea have been, become like Manchester United have been there, where in the next 10 years, we're in 10 title races. And we do win five or six trophies because we need that, that the revenue from the stadium. Obviously, the, the stadium at the moment doesn't look like it's going to make a difference in the first year. But, but long term, that's got to be it rather than just any old trophy at any time and a scattergun approach to it. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I totally agree. A hundred percent agree with Jason, what, what Jason said. I want to see Tottenham Hotspur, like Cos said earlier, the caller, uh, uh, one of our callers earlier. I want to see Tottenham in my lifetime win the league. I want to see it. I ain't seen it before. I absolutely want to see it. I'm convinced that with this team keeping yeah. it together, or the core of that team, with some additions like we talked about, I, f- I think we can win the league. I generally do, but but. Everybody listening about the whole White Hart Lane, it's gone. Things move on. This is about, oh, back in my day, I used to have a lovely pair of slippers on. <laughs> and, uh, oh, they were really comfortable, but now I have to wear different ones. Like, the reality of the situation is we are trying to keep up with everyone else. We, we 10 years ago, weren't even a top eight side. 
right, 10 years ago, we are now a guaranteed top four side. We are Champions League. We are dining at the top table. Like, when have we ever had the right to dine at the top table? Now we're dining at the top table. And th this is what I want to say. So to answer your question about successful, being successful is about winning trophies, but it's the big prizes. It's not about a one-off League Cup. It is about winning the big prizes. And do you know what? We are there or thereabouts and we might not win it next season and we might not get any signings in the next two days or we might go and panic buy like we did with Sissoko that worked out well didn't it <laughs> but but the reality is but the reality is we are there or thereabouts and that is the last five years there's progression. a great tweet following on from your point as well from uh, H at Howard THFC who said but what cost we haven't the strength in squad depth to fire at all four major competitions which is simply why so many are anxious regarding no additions this window great yeah, point it's, it's spot on like we've said on this show to not keep sounding like a broken record yep. we know that the squad at the moment isn't capable enough to challenge on all four fronts yes we do have a backup team where does that backup team go I mean listen it'll get us through the first couple of rounds you would say of a league cup of an FA cup tie against a second third division team but essentially as we've said on this show numerous times on our podcast numerous times for Spurs to be able to challenge Manchester City to go all the way in these cup competitions next season we are going to need a couple of real top quality additions to take us forward and that's just where things stand you know otherwise we are going to be again just competing just for that top four and top four next season isn't going to be a walk in the park either you've seen Liverpool you know go out this summer and improve Man City, again, they've gone out and improved. Chelsea, they're still carrying on their spending. I'm not going to talk about Arsenal no, because we, for we, me... They've gone out and bought. We, haven't, we don't know if they've improved. They've gone out and bought. Who, Chelsea? Bought. No, those other clubs. Liverpool, Fabinho... He looks good. I mean, looks quite good on... You well, know, Bakayoko think... looked with great. All, with, all due, with all due respect to Liverpool, <laughs> if they hadn't gone and spent, Klopp would have gone. Klopp would have but gone. You have to say Liverpool, the, the ambition they've shown. They went and bought the world's expensive defender in De, Rick, um, Virgil Rick. van Dijk. That's an improvement. I'm not criticising Liverpool's business. They've been ambitious. They've gone and addressed the areas they think needed addressing. Brilliant business by them from that point of view. But you don't know if they'll work. Fabinho could well be back a yoga. But you are looking at a club there that are addressing, like you've just said, the areas in their squad that are weak. And yep. we haven't done that yet. And no, Chelsea addressed them last year. We're bringing in Morata and Rudiger. And who else did they bring in? Bakayoko. Yeah. And they went from first to fifth. But if you never try, how do you know? Are you saying you, we just don't want to spend No, them? Rick. I'm not, not saying they shouldn't try, but you're saying they've all improved. And I'm saying... Let's wait well, I mean, and see they're, if they're they've improved. Okay, they're all attempting to improve attempting, their yeah, squad. Attempting. And at the moment, we don't seem to be attempting to improve the squad. Spurs, have, out of the last nine seasons, Spurs have finished above Liverpool eight times. Now, if you look at the amount of money that Liverpool have spent over what Tottenham have spent, mm. if that's what, what we're going, because Twitter still seems rife of the whole we ain't signed anyone malarkey, there's some stats there to Plus, in the past ten years, you've still won the same amount of trophies. Yeah, and as have Liverpool, which is why I, but I as, say as the Liverpool, same thing. But what I'm saying is Spurs and, Spurs and Liverpool both won the same trophy. Liverpool in 12, you lot in 08. Yeah. Now, there that's, you go. That's it. I'm still, I'm still confident Spurs can, even though having said what I've just said, I'm still confident Spurs could probably still finish above Liverpool with this squad. But I do think to take this Tottenham team onto the next level, it, there has to be a couple of additions. There has to be. Why everyone, and, and the press especially, are in such ecstasy over Liverpool right now, is put simply, their transfer policy over the past 25 years has been nothing short of a shambles. Can you ne how, how many poli uh, uh, quality, world-class players can you actually pick up and go, yes, he's world-class? Chabi Alonso, yeah. The Fernando Torres, yeah. yeah. Suarez. Suarez, he wasn't world-class when they signed him. 
I wasn't when he signed him. It was, him. It was twenty-two million pounds. They signed him and Andy Carroll on the same day because they lost Fernando Torres for fifty million pounds. Well, Andy Carroll was a panic buyer, and Suarez well, was genius. Suarez, Suarez was genius by by Kenny Dalglish. But otherwise, look at all these players they were signing. You know, and and this is why why when I when I talk about no uh, nouveau spurs, you know, oh four onwards, that whole policy of buying young and English, and then going on buying, bringing in the likes of Van der Vaart and 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 players like oh, that. I'm so pleased you brought up Van der Vaart. I love him. Oh, Let's do a Van der Vaart. Come on, Levy. You come on, Levy. All these him. Levy haters go and do a VDV last game. What last minute? What Lee wants is Daniel. You know, Poch to go. Oh, can we get him on loan? And Levy going now, man. Sign him. I've signed him. Eight million. <laughs> Sign him for your pal. No problem at all. But with Liverpool now, you know, think about it. Under Brendan Rodgers, they went so close to winning the title. Yes, they imploded, but the players they had were nowhere near good enough to win the title that season. The simple fact of the matter is they tried to imply a system, uh, uh, you know, implement a system uh, of money ball. You know, of, of buying players of stats. That's why they ended up with the likes of like Mario Balotelli and Iago Aspas and Luis Alberto. And, and I can't remember half the defenders. Was it Aquilani? Well, not Aquilani. Was Aquilani was pre money ball. Aquilani was when there was skint. When, when when it was uh, Hicks and Gillette who were who were hell bent on selling Anfield and let, building a new ground. Let, let's be brave and don't change our philosophy. Let's be brave and don't go out and spend big. Let's be brave and go with what we've got and nurture and 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 showcase that we can be the best. That we can be with the talent that we're bringing through. I love ma- it, Lee. Ma- I, ma- I, I maybe that's what the, he was saying. I do love maybe. the point, but I love what Lee says there, but I still think that even though you can have all that young talent in the world, at some point you have to have someone as a figurehead, and Kane is a figurehead, don't get me wrong, you have to have someone to guide these players. I do, I do agree. I, I mean, do I've been a bit like, I know, but, oh, but, but the, the skips, the Amoses, who is their central midfielder to look up to and say, give me the ball? When we're, in a, when we're in a position where we're 1-0 down, we're chasing a goal, we need a goal, give me the ball. But are they not looking around them going, look, Ericsson, Deli Ali, Harry Kane, pff, quality. You know, Jam, Jan Vertonghen's behind me. Our players not looking around, the youth not World looking Cup around going, look at these players. You've got Hugo Lloris, a World Cup winning goalkeeper around you, going, yeah, you know what, yeah, not I bad. I agree, Aaron, but there's still obviously a missing chink, isn't there? Because we haven't got over the line yet, so there's still something missing, whether we like it or not, whether we adore these players, which we do, whether Spurs fans like to agree or not, we still are missing do, that do, do we final think, piece of the puzzle. Do, do we think, you know, if we get over the line with a trophy this this, this season, or this forthcoming season, do we think that will kind of yeah, change the mentality? Yeah, I'm convinced. Well, what, what do you think, Jace? You know, you made a point earlier about the League Cup situation. That didn't really do anything, did it? It was just a kind of a one-off. I think it depends what what the trophy is. I think if Tottenham won a League Cup this year, it won't change. I don't. If Tottenham win a League Cup and finish fifth, those players won't want to stay just because they won a League Cup and they're not mm. in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it works in that way. It's got you've got to stay within that top four and then bring in a trophy. Yeah. Spot on. We'll be replying and responding to some more of your tweets. Eight twenty six. It's Love Sport. This is Love Sport. The Fans Show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com. Play your way to one million pounds. Love Sport Radio, 8.28 across the capital. Good evening. Van just tweeted back in going, sorry to double dip. Wanted to see if you had time to ask the gang who their possible VDV signing would be this Thursday. First and foremost, I know who Ricky's is going to be. I could predict, in fact, in <laughs> fact, do you know what I'm going to do? Lee, I'm yep. going to tear off a bit of paper. Go on, I got yeah? And I'm going to write a name in it. And I want, I'm going to scrunch it up, and I want you to see, to, to see if I'm right, yeah? Um, talk amongst yourselves. 
Yeah, so it's like Mr. and Mrs, isn't it? We can just see Aaron here writing down on a piece of paper. Oh, I think he's finished. He's scrunching it up now, as it goes. Up, there you go. Yeah. Stick that, short stick, name, which stick means that anyone's skyrocket. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, no, uh, Vanch, first of all, we don't usually do double dips, do we? Because we've got a lot of tweets to read through. Thank you for everyone, everyone for, you know, you know, welcome these guys onto our station. It's brilliant. Uh, you know, we love the last word on Spurs, guys, and we love having your opinion. So, gents, Van der Vaart, who would be your Van der Vaart signing? Well... <laughs> Lee, well, I mean, I mean, for me, it is Bale, but 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 I'm gonna because Jason said Bale, I'm gonna say Modric. You know what I would have said, Aaron, didn't you? I would have said Bale. Who did I have? Having a look now. Martial, you've what gone for Martial. Martial. I thought you would have gone for Martial. Well, you know, I said Bale the previous week. I mean, maybe realistic terms, yeah. Martial would have been. I just. I've got to the point, Aaron, where uh, it's a silly thing to so say. I wouldn't accept anyone, but I do think. Martial would be a great signing for Tottenham. I still think he would be a fantastic option for Tottenham in the forward area. You know, having him come off the bench, okay, come off the bench, but even start games. I mean, I think he would actually put the frightener into teams. Having his pace with the alternative option of Sonny and Lucas. You know, suddenly Spurs go from a team that haven't only just got players like Ericsson and Ali, the ability to crave something out of nothing. They've got actual pace in the team with players that can finish apart from Kane. I don't think it would be brilliant. Yeah, I think he'd be uh, a good addition to the Spurs ranks, but I don't really want to try and tempt fate, though. Uh, Angelo, let's tweet it in saying, great debate, guys, another great show. Fingers crossed for a signing or two by Thursday. Angelo, you've read our minds, pal. You've read mate. our Fingers minds. Crossed. Thank you very much. I've got my toes crossed down here, Angelo. Don't <laughs> yeah, worry about that. Well, we don't. No one wants to see that. No one wants to <laughs> see... They're pretty toes, mate. They're pretty no toes. one wants to see the state of them trots. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. Really, really. It puts you off your dinner. Uh, Anthony, you see, at the moment, it is hard to buy better players than we have and players that will follow Potch's system. That's a fair point. It's difficult. Uh, again, I, I, I do I do agree with that, actually. And I think that maybe, you know, some of the people out there might be thinking that we're hiding behind that. But when you actually vision, forget who's going, who's staying, whatever. When you actually put the first 11 up there, it is very, very impressive. And it is a system that works. It is everybody that knows that how to play that way. It is it is very, very good. I think where we struggled last season, and I think Jace mentioned this earlier, is kind of breaking down the teams that come apart, the Bastards, Swansea's. Uh, the West Broms, whatever, that come to Wembley, and we struggle to break them down. And that's why adding that pace, where you're just talking, Rick, about Martial there, and obviously we've already got Lucas in, that might be able to get in behind and actually uh, change that. I think we lost a little bit of that when we when we let Walker go. Uh, um, Carl Walker go to to Man City, so um, uh, but but I'll start in eleven when everyone's fully fit, and I'm including obviously Dembele in there as well. It is very very good, very good. Yeah, like I say, as Lee's made the point there, it is very, very good. And the problem with Spurs is because we've now reached a point where the squad is so great, you're now looking to bring in players that Spurs haven't usually gone out and bought off such a higher level. I think that's the problem where Daniel Levy's operating now in a market, whereas before, it's so different to what he's used to. Yeah, And is yeah, that where true. we're now struggling because of the... The nature of that, Jason. Sorry, Jace, but look at Davison Sanchez last year. Signed 18th of August, 12 days before deadline, but a bit earlier than what we're going, <laughs> going on now. But uh, 42 million, right? Club records come in. No one on the planet thought that he would do as well as he did. No, uh, even awesome. even parts, everybody. Mm. So so the ambition of the club then was to invest 42 million quid in a 21-year-old that we didn't know was going to be a superstar as what he, what he was. We wanted him all to be, but that's ambition of the club. Maybe 
maybe that 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 player like a Davison Sanchez in the positions that we're looking for this year hasn't come available yet or is not quite right because as you say we're we're, we're now fishing in a pond or in a, in a yeah in a pond that is now very very um, busy with other fisher people. <laughs> See, I didn't other say fisher men then. I said fisher other, people. Other fisher people with yeah, bigger rods. Of, of course, because of our lady, um, our lady listeners as well. It's right? a smaller niche market, isn't it, Jace? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you know, like it or not, we've we've let the bigger clubs do their do their shopping early with the with the huge wages and things. And but we should be able to, you know, we should be able to then take take some of what's left. That's for sure. And, and at the moment, we don't appear to be doing that. And we should be. But, you know, fingers crossed in that next 48 hours, we do come up with something. Gents, we'll be talking to Alan O'Brien next. He'll be reversing his tactics track right into the car park here at Love Sport HQ. 8.34 across the capital. A half-time, by the way, at the City Ground. Forest nil, West Brom nil. Hasn't really been a classic. The Olds with seven best bets. Please gamble responsibly. Hi, it's Liam from 7bestbets.com. The Championship is well and truly underway, and we're going to take a look at the Premiership. Man United to beat Leicester, Spurs to win away at Newcastle, Chelsea to beat Huddersfield, and Liverpool to beat the Hammers. £10 returns you £60.91p. Those are the odds with 7bestbets.com. The Olds with seven best bets. Please gamble responsibly. Digital Radio offers great sound quality and more stations than ever before. And we want to make sure that you get Love Sport on your digital radio. Just press the auto-tune or auto-scan button and Love Sport will appear on your menu. Love Sport on digital radio. Back last week. It's Love Sport Radio. Let's, uh, well, you, you're hearing the sound of the beeps, uh, the, the, the reverse the reverse warning beeps. You know, you know. do you have, we don't have a side effect, it's cool. Uh, it's Alan O'Brien reversing down the driver. He's about to unload his tactics truck. Alan, good evening. Good evening to you, Aaron. I was tempted to do the beeps for you there, but uh, I didn't want to embarrass myself <laughs> live on air, you know. No, mate, you've you got, you got to switch them off at night, you know, just let people let people rest easy, pal. Um, Residential area, That's yeah. it, that's it. It's what, it's what we're all about. <laughs> Good to have you on board, pal. You are our debutant in our brand new feature we're going to be running across the fan shows. It's called The Opposition View, and uh, I thought, who better to have on than uh, Mr. Alan O'Brien to tell us about Newcastle United. It's been a weird one for them. You know, a lot of them rest from the fans. They're talking about Rafa, you know, will he stay or will he go? Uh, and one man they definitely want to see gone is Mike Ashley yeah well they haven't seen him very often at St James's Park in recent times have they Aaron Mike Ashley has wisely perhaps stayed away from uh, the Newcastle United ground due to the amount of abuse he's received and rightly so in many respects I know he was complaining in his response to a local MP there in the last couple of days about all the opprobrium and disrespect and abuse that has come his way and you know, you have to say, I mean, isn't that mostly his fault? Yeah, I'd say so to an extent. It's been a real, real tumultuous reign for him. I mean, it's, I think it's about 10 years now since Mike Ashley actually took over Newcastle United. It must be 10 or 11 years. And, and you know, every single year there's been something different, a bit of controversy here, a bit of criticism there. And it just seems that it's sort of all bubbling up to a head. There's no rumours on the takeover. What about Rafa on the pitch? So he's made some signings. Solomon Rondon has come in. We're talking about how he usually doesn't do too bad against Spurs. But um, the, the, the chaps over here would like to say like to hear you say something different 
Well, I mean, I think the the guys in studio, the, the Spurs fans, can be quite confident. I think if you listen to Rafa Benitez himself during pre-season, I mean, he said he was really worried. I mean, to quote him, he said, everything is wrong behind the scenes at St. James's Park. I know there's been a couple of uh, movements on, in the transfer market in the last few days. They've made a couple of very good signings, uh, particularly Fabian Scher, the Swiss centre-back, who's coming in there, which was very necessary because Florian Lejeune did his ACL and he'll be out all season, pretty much. And they're really light at centre-back, particularly if Mike Ashley is foolish enough to let the captain, Jamal Lasselle, go. So that was a huge signing. As for the, the striking options that they've brought in, I don't think either of the two strikers that have been signed, Yoshinori Muto, the Japanese international, and Salomon Rondon, the Venezuelan international who was previously with West Brom, are prolific goal scorers, which may mean more frustration for Toon fans because they've been used to strikers like that in the past couple of years. Hasselu famously is, um, let's just say, profligate in front of goal, as was Dwight Gale, who is once again fallen down the couch between the Premier League and the Championship in recent days. Both of them very wasteful in front of goal. So even if Rafa gets it right tactically on Saturday, which you know he usually does and probably will, I think Tottenham will benefit from the fact that Newcastle will be very underpowered in the final third. Obviously, Rafa is still demanding more signings. He's particularly looking for a number 10 to provide cover for the excellent Ayose Perez. And he's also still lacking a real left-back. Paul Dummett, not good enough for Premier League level. There's no real cover there for him either. And obviously for Spurs, for Mauricio Pochettino, the clear goal should be to attack down the right. And I don't know if Kieran Trippier is going to be available for Saturday. Perhaps the lads can fill me in on that. But I think it would be wise for Spurs to funnel their efforts through Christian Eriksen and the England right wing-back. Uh, that's quite interesting. Well, I, I think Trippier will be available by the fact that they came back on Monday, but I think the, the feeling of us is that he'll go with Serge Aurier that's played all the pre-season games, and it saves throwing all nine of those that returned back in all at one time. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Uh, certainly pre-season for you has been a, a, a bit of a, a, I won't say pointless exercise, but I mean, with, with all the players that were at the World Cup absent and on holidays, it's I mean, you, you look at the team that played the last uh, game against Girona and got beaten 4-1, for example. Very few of those players are likely to feature on Saturday. I mean, you even had Ben Davis at centre-back, I believe, correct? Yeah, but but to be fair, Alan, um, Ben Davis had played centre-back a couple of times. I think he played centre-back against Barcelona as well in the pre-season. So yeah. he's been using him um, in in a centre-back position uh, over the pre-season, which... I think that's that's more because just with Yen not available, yeah, maybe, yeah. Toby not available, Eric Dyer not available, yeah. it's, it's the only way he's been able to kind yeah, of yeah. fill the team. But, but certainly if it's yeah. Serge Aurier, then presumably Kennedy, Dan, Newcastle's left can certainly give us as many problems as, as we can go in the other way. Are you quite excited yeah, by the Rondon point. signing? Does that mean Alan? Are you quite excited by that, the Rondon signing? I suppose he because for us last year he created us so many problems against Sanchez in both the games against West Brom. He really was a handful for him. Yeah, I mean uh, I'm looking at Rondon and uh, as I said earlier, I don't think excited is the word. I think ultimately he'll be quite similar to some of the strikers that Newcastle have had to watch over the last couple of years he's he's obviously a very good hold up player he's he's very hard working 
but um, it'd be difficult to see him score a lot of goals. I mean, he, he never broke 10 goals in a season for West Brom in three seasons, I think. And his previous club, he didn't break 10 goals either. I think you've got to go back to 13-14 uh, season when he was playing in La Liga for the last time he got double figures. So that's not exactly what Newcastle fans want to hear, is it? You know, you know, you should have brought in as a striker? Vincent Jensen. <laughs> Don't try and offload him, pal. <laughs> yeah, but again, just just on the just on the Vondon point, if if I may, Alan, uh, you know, it's also about you know, has as can he tactically set up with runners going beyond Rondon? Because I think Rondon does a lot of work as a, as a striker up front. So he's not he's not prolific as, as you say, but ultimately, does it? Can he bring? Can he do a lot of work up front? So he brings in other people that potentially last season with having Dwight Gale up front, they couldn't play that way. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you're right. I think Rafa at the beginning of the season probably wanted to play a target man type there. He, he mm. didn't trust Alexander Mitrovic because, well, for obvious reasons, the red guy is a bit of a header. Yeah. <laughs> he's a red card <laughs> waiting to happen, absolutely. Fulham, he's Fulham's problem now again. Um, but uh, Hasselu ultimately was, was, was less than useless, so they had to, as you say, turn to a poacher type in Dwight Gale. Who missed a lot of chances and didn't provide a focal point, which is very important for the way Rafa sets up because he sets Newcastle up very passively uh, to play exclusively on the counter attack, very defensive setup. Yeah. And obviously, if you're going to do that and you're going to be kicking a lot of direct passes, you need someone that will hold the ball up. And Rondon will do that. Yeah, There's no will. doubt about that. Yeah. Alan, who, who can we see or who will Spurs target as the, the key men for Newcastle United and how will Rafa approach the game? Uh, well, as I said, I, th- I think Spurs will be looking towards that left-back area um, for, for, to, to attack. I think Paul Dummett is very vulnerable. I think um, they're, they're likely left side of centre-back is up for debate as well at the moment. So there's opportunities there. Although Kennedy, as um, uh, one of your guests there mentioned, will uh, provide a worry for either Serge Aurier or Kieran Trippier going the other way. Uh, looking at the Newcastle team in a defensive sense for Mauricio Pochettino, I think he will be worried about the aforementioned Iose Perez, the number 10. I think he does provide a counter-attacking threat running in behind the striker. And um, that would be a big challenge for the likes of Eric Dyer if he starts and uh, Moussa Dembele, who I presume will be alongside him. But of course, this is all very much up for debate given the <laughs> World Cup fatigue and hangover. Other than that... I mean, if you look at their wingers, Matt Ritchie played very well after Christmas on the right, cutting in on his left foot last season. But, uh, you know, he's he's not exactly top-level Premier League standard. And neither are really Kennedy or any of the other left-wing options. Chandler Shelby obviously has deep-lying playmaking talents and someone will need to close him down. And I imagine uh, Deli Ali, if he starts in the number 10 position, will be more than capable of doing that. Mm. certainly Alan thank you very much for joining us this evening I'm sure it's going to be a, a fascinating tie 12.30 kick of Newcastle United versus Spurs Alan O'Brien from the Tactics Truck go on mate speed off Cheers, <laughs> thank you Alan. very much for joining us Thanks, Alan. 8.44 is Love Sport Love Sport 5.58 a.m. The Fans Show on Love Sport with 7OTB.com predict 7 results win 
seven figures. Ten minutes to go uh, on this podcast. It's been absolutely frantic. Thank you to everyone who's got involved uh, once again. It's at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. 0208 70 25 If you want to call in and have a chat with us, there you go. That's the number to dial. Cal uh, Halbert, who, who's, who's one of the guys who, who works with us closely on the station, said, I'm a Newcastle United fan, although I'm anti-Ashley. What I will say is he's always been honest that once the club makes money, he'll spend money. Sometimes two fans forget how much debt the club had um got a reply with a, with a quote from what Ashley said the club admitted to the tribunal that it repeatedly and intentionally misled the press public and the fans of Newcastle United don't want to get involved in that one pal don't want to get t- too messy for us <laughs> on uh, on this Tuesday evening now I believe you guys have come up with a new idea which is just to focus on a Spurs uh, Spurs player and uh, this week's is Hugh Eloise yep we're going to have a weekly feature where we're going to select a player, discuss strengths, weaknesses, career highs, career lows. Is this week, focusing on Lloris, is he the right captain for Spurs? I mean, strengths for me, Lloris has never been a question. He's always been a fantastic shot stopper. I know that can be argued. I think the only issue for us has been is kicking. And Spurs fans out there might argue that if Hugo's kicking was on point, he may not be a Tottenham keeper. I don't what you think, Jace. Well, I, th- I think with Hugo... It's, I never saw Pat Jennings. He finished the year before I started to go. But I would say Hugo's the best goalkeeper I've seen in my Spurs time. He's probably only second to Pat on the, the overall list. I think he's fantastic reflexes. But I think Hugo's thing is that there are those silly little mistakes that, that have crept into his game. And I mean, you saw it in the World Cup final, didn't you, with, mm. with a, when he let himself down. But I don't think Tottenham could get a, a, a better profile goalkeeper they may get one or two that are safer but the safer ones may not make the same number of saves as Hugo and and take the risks that Hugo does and certainly with his sweeper keeper abilities I think there will be times at the season when that costs you but over a course of a season you're better off with with Hugo being the way that he is. Yeah, I mean, some some of his, his saves, as you say, shot stopping and, and keeper sweep, uh, sweeper keeper, and that has been, uh, you know, he's world class goalkeeper, no doubt. I think where the way goalkeepers are going, uh, since Pep's come into the Premier League and he's gone through three goalkeepers and, and, and now and, and now only choosing goalkeepers that can actually start to distribute, and obviously Liverpool now going and bought Allison for a world record fee and that whole distribution piece, that is clearly the key area that Hugo need, either needs to improve, or if you can say, I don't want to say lets us down but kind of lets himself down in terms of that distribution piece um, and that would be the only the only criticism I have is he the right man to lead us forward 100% he's just lifted the World Cup this guy is an absolute legend for club and country and he's beautiful as well isn't he? a beautiful <laughs> man, man. Uh, what a handsome man and at the end of the day this guy is the right man I think to, to, to lead us forward I, I think some people forget I mean uh, we might have mentioned this on the pod last season or before but some people forget that he could have gone he could have gone anywhere five six years ago before the potch days i mean he played under avb i mean you're having a laugh right you know this guy is stuck through us through thick and thin at the end of the day and you know for for him to come back as a world cup winner and be the pinnacle of his career he he's almost like the I don't know. The, the, we talked earlier about the philosophy and the plan, and you know we uh, um, we got a vision. Hugo is a one hundred percent bought into and part of that vision for me. He was the first one, wasn't he, under Pochettino that really did buy into it as well. Yeah. I remember when Poch came through the door. Hugo, his future not being fun under Sherwood. I think he was a little bit disillusioned as to where the club were heading. Definitely. And Pochettino convinced him, 
and he was, like I said, the first person to really buy into his methods, and you feel that he also is the man that kind of flows it all down to the rest of the squad, mm. just what Pochettino is trying to implement. I know, I know it's a couple of years ago now, or two, two seasons ago, and, and Jace mentioned earlier about us kind of ch- chasing uh, Leicester down for the title, but if, if, for any listeners, I'm not getting any commission for this, by the way, but any listeners, if you haven't read his book, Pochettino's book, you need to read it. it you know, it really does put all of this Twitter meltdown or whatever into context of to the vision of the club and where we're going and what we're doing and the relationship that he's got with Levy and all of them types of things and why I bring it up at this point is because his relationship with, with Lloris is also very very strong um, and, and, and again you know that, that, that can only be a good thing for, for the club moving forward I'd definitely give Lloris a new contract he can stay forever legend yeah, I think the the captaincy, the old-fashioned view that it's got to be a midfield player or it's got to be a centre-half and they've got to be tub-thumping. So Ledley himself wasn't that way, was he? Absolutely. He was a centre-half, no. but he wasn't necessarily vocal. And I, I remember doing a Q&A with Ledley, and, and it's great to have him in at the, the weekend. But it was just after Pochettino had taken over when Eunice Cabal was captain. Yeah. And Ledley said that the, the person he'd have thought was, should have been captain at that stage was Hugo yeah. because he has a real that. presence and respect in the dressing room and that, that level of respect can only have gone up now that he walks in as, a, as not just the World Cup winner but the World Cup winning captain and that's Definitely. that's a, a huge thing so for me he's, he's the right person I think he probably is an extension of Pochettino's views on the pitch oh yeah yeah that's what I meant with, that, with the whole Pochettino connection the professionalism yeah, the respect that he's held in yeah Definitely. It's great to have a World Cup winner as well. I mean, that's a, a big thing. You know, as much as Lee said earlier about the Belgium lads and the English lads going so far in the competition, to have a World Cup winner in this squad, I think that also makes a big difference to players coming into the football club, if we're going to hopefully see some as well, because they look at him, he's been there, he's done it, he's won a big trophy. You can only just hope now that message he can translate it to the rest of his squad. I mean, you think about... I mean, I know, I know, we're, not, I know we're not French, but, you know, you think about... The iconic, you know, Sir Bobby, um, you know, Bob, Bobby Moore, sorry, you know, uh, pick, you know, with the trophy and all that sort of stuff for, for years and years and years. That's what Hugo Lloris is going to be. It is the for, iconic for, image, is the isn't iconic it? image. Absolutely, Hugo Lloris. That is it for for French football. Um, you know, and and he and he plays for our club. It's wonderful. He's a brilliant player. He's genuinely like a, a class apart as a keeper. Um, and it's testament to him that you know he's he's seen Spurs, and obviously we talk about the long term project, the vision. Look, he sees it. Yeah, he loyal. sees it, doesn't loyal. he? You know, um, let's be fair. You know, Real Madrid have been looking for a keeper. He could have he could have scuttled off there. I'm sure he could have scuttled off there. You know, they would have loved to have had him. And again, you know, we we re- reiterate the point of having a World Cup went up influential absolutely influential for me uh, and a, a, a quality player to have around the squad no doubt Chase I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to who you pick out next week pal I think it'd probably be in number order <laughs> there will be trips next week sounds uh, sounds very very good um, a very quick one let's read one more tweet and, and this one was sent about an hour ago sorry to shrey us for, for reading it quite late but he's quickly put do we need a director of football on a better head scout than Steve Hitchin his 10 plus year as a scout he's had two successes uh, Modric and Luis Suarez Luis Suarez yeah I think he's right so Steve Hitchin was instrumental apparently behind those two guys when mm. I believe he was at Liverpool for a while Spurs obviously brought him in we lost Paul Mitchell which feels like a while back now. So Spurs got hitching in. I suppose the argument will be at the moment we've not really seen much so far. But again, I don't know too much about Spurs' scouting system. Like I said, it's been hit and miss in the past. So I don't feel right to judge someone if I don't know their background too well, Jason. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I don't know. It's, it's, it's part of that Pochettino back, uh, 
Levy back in Pochettino in that he's, he's letting him have the man that he wants. And if you bring in a director of football over Pochettino, I can imagine the, the meltdown that that will cause that it's Daniel Levy interfering again. So it, it can go both ways. Yeah, very quickly. Um, very quickly, Ricky. How'd you get on with 7 OTB this week? I mean, look, I got 17 points. I'm not going to boast about it, you know, but I'm not going to brag about it, but I did pretty well this week. Seven, uh, 17 points on it. Uh, my banker was Brentford. They won 5 1. Absolutely battered Rotherham. Um, how many did Ricky get last week? How many points? How many points? I think this is all. I think I got about 10 points. You got 10 points? 10 points. Okay. Mm-hmm. Average? Could could. could could be better. Could be better, could be worse. Room to work on. Room to work on. There's people out there with 30 points who, who, have, who have hit the jackpot, you know, bam, 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 bam. They're in there already. Make sure you download the app, 7otb.com. It's quite a fun game to play. To be fair, from Saturday about 5.30, all I've been thinking about is my 7 OTB. <laughs> and uh, if I'm any step closer to winning a million pounds, which I'm not, but I'm winning points. And you know what the Bruce used to say? Do you? Do you know what Bruce used to say? Price is right. No, points make prizes. Well, yeah. Don't they, Jax? Do they? Do points make prizes? I can't, I can't even remember now. I'm, I'm still thinking of bullseye. Po- po- points make <laughs> bully, prizes? Bit of bully. <laughs> points make prizes, mate. Yeah. Thank yeah, what do points make? What do points make? Prizes. You thank, you, thank you very much for joining us, pal. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, absolute lads. It's pleasure. been an absolute pleasure. It's been thank a brilliant so second debut for you. Jace, Ricky, we'll chat to you uh, a little be here, bit mate. later on. But literally, download it, guys. Make sure you get on this one. Last word on Spurs. Thanks, guys, once again. London's lunch times have just got tastier. He's a familiar face and isn't afraid to chat about the right stuff. Kevin O'Sullivan on Love Sport. Weekdays from 1. This is Lionel, another very happy person who saved themselves money at a spokesmansaid.com. I'm Lionel from Peacehaven. I took note of what the spokesman said and I saved £484 per year on my energy. I found a spokesman said was so easy to follow and it saved me £484 pounds on my energy and i would recommend everybody does the same a spokesman getting real people real savings compare home energy quotes from the uk's biggest suppliers to find out if you can save money compare switch and save with a spokesman fighting for you saving you money it's the debate that will rage on for years and years. Who would make the England Test Team's greatest Test eleven On Thursday, 27th of September, at the London Hilton on Park Lane, join Andrew Strauss, Mike Atherton, Henry Blofeld and Mark Nicholas as they lead everyone through a lively debate and discussion. The evening will be hosted by Chris Cowdery and will include the chance for you to have your say on who will make the legendary England Test eleven. For more information, visit lordtaverners.org forward slash events to find out more. How to play seven of the best. Register for free. Pick six winners and a draw from the English and Scottish Football Leagues. No need for correct scores. Just six wins and one draw. You could win a million pounds and it's free. Just visit seven of the best and register. It's free to play and could make you a millionaire. Why not play with your mates as there are weekly prizes for the best player and best team. Plus bragging rights if you beat your mates. Visit sevenofthebest.com and register to play. I can think of a million reasons to enter and not one reason not to. Visit sevenofthebest to enter. Brilliant, I've finally quit. I feel like I've got my life back. I felt much happier. It's an amazing feeling when you stop smoking. Experience it for yourself with help from NHS Smoke Free. Our range of support tools, which includes face-to-face guidance from advisors, helps maximise your chances of success. 
Go online now and search for Smoke Free. Love Sport Radio. Good evening. Thanks to the guys from Last Word on Spurs. That one is available to download tomorrow, I believe, via iTunes and via the Love Sport Radio app. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.